Welcome into the newest edition of the Just In Time Sports Podcast. I am your owner and host, Justin Jackson. Now, as always, first of all, welcome back. But as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Just In Time Sports Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to follow the social media handle at Sports. That will give you full access to all of our social media platforms. That is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So your support is definitely appreciated in all those aspects. Remember, like, rate, and subscribe, along with sharing this podcast to all of your friends so that way they can learn something just like you did or hear some amazing unbiased opinion that you won't get in mainstream media for the most part. Now, as always... For those of you who are who are old fans, I appreciate you guys. And those of you who are new, sit back and get ready to learn something. Welcome back into the show. Oh, wow. It has been months since I've talked to you guys. I believe before Halloween was our last show. That's definitely the last time I remember recording. Um, but I believe Halloween may have been the last time, or before Halloween, actually, uh, of 2022. It's nearly March 2023. It's been, what, four months? My bad, guys. Um, has been I've been away from you guys. I have missed doing this. Um, I'm excited. A lot has gone on in the sports world. A ton has gone on. Um, obviously my social media pages were never down. So if you guys were all uh, following my social medias, my Facebooks, my Instagrams, my Twitters, uh, at J time sports is the handle. You will find all of my stuff. Um, then you guys will know everything that went down in the sports world. Um, we have, we, I mean, we've missed the NFL trade deadline, the NFL playoffs, the basically first half of the NBA season, um, we're mid all-star break right now. The NBA trade deadline is coming on. The Super Bowl is coming on. Um, I've missed a lot talking to you guys, but of course, J time sports, uh, the social media handle never, um, has let you down. We were always one of the first, if not the first to get stuff out to you guys to make sure that you knew everything that we knew. Um, and so everything that I knew rather. So I'm excited to be talking to you guys. I've missed you guys. Um, not to be weird or anything, but I've definitely missed you guys. I've missed doing this. This is the way for me to get out my sports opinions unfiltered. Um, but one thing you should guys should look out for for the Justin Time Sports Network um, that we are maybe coming a network sooner rather than later. Um, I'm in discussions with a partner in order to expand into YouTube. Um, so that way we come not from just an audio. We go, we go visual as well. Um, so you guys can see my facial reactions, um, see uh, myself, uh, potentially a partner of mine, expanding into staying in the sports world, but adding a little bit more flavor and content as well. Stay tuned for that. I will keep you guys apprised of that as I know it, as it comes out. Of course, Justin Time Sports will be tweeting it like crazy. So, of course, you guys will be apprised of that if and when the network expands. Um, But... I don't even know where to start with you guys. We missed so much. So uh, normally this is a fact and opinion show. Uh, for those of you who have been rocking with me since season one, um, you know I deliver my facts. I deliver what I know. And I deliver my opinion about it. Um, that's how it rolls here. 
especially during the NBA uh, season, not really the NFL. The NFL, you guys all watch the game, and then I kind of just deliver my thoughts on the games. Um, the NFL's NBA season, rather, is a little bit differently, considering a lot of it's conjecture. There may be eight games on that night. Um, you know, the night before I record or even the night I'm recording, I could be watching the game while commenting on previous games. So it's more of a trend. It's more of a what I know versus what I hear. Um, you know, what I see is a trend happening, my opinion on that trend sort of thing. This thing kind of sets up a little bit differently in the NBA season. Um, so there was so much miss. I mean, like I said, it's been four months. Um, I didn't really know. And it's kind of weird. Uh, personal note. Um, I didn't really know how long it's been until I said it to you guys two, three minutes ago, that it's been four months. I haven't recorded since before Halloween, um, maybe a week or two before, maybe mid-October. So it's been probably four months since we've done this, uh, since I had this sit-down talk with you guys. Like I said, I've missed you all. There's been a lot happening in the sports world. But like I said, just-in-time sports kept you apprised um, of it when it went down, um, as it went down and what potentially was going down, etc. Um, so it's NBA season. We're going to get to the NFL, obviously. Like I said, I missed all of that. I'm going to keep you guys rolling on that. I'm going to quick hit the NFL um, since that's the past season. But the NBA is in an all-star break, so we're going to jump right into that. Um, we have to start with the biggest story in the NBA, and that is Kevin Durant being moved to the Phoenix Suns. By now, you guys all know what was traded for Kevin Durant, but if, if you don't remember off the top of your head, I'm going to recap that for you. Um, so that was Mikael Bridges. That was Cam Johnson. Uh, that was Jay Crowder, who was then redirected to the Milwaukee Bucks for five second-round picks. Um, that was, And so also in the um, Phoenix Suns, Brooklyn Nets trade, heading to the uh, Brooklyn Nets was four unprotected first-round picks um, in years 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029, along with the pick swap right, I believe it's in 2028. Now, for those of you who don't know who are used to the NFL trades, where you will see a 2023 and a 2024 pick be traded for a player, um, that's illegal in the NBA. It's called the stipend rule. For those of you who, for those of you who've played 2K or uh, done a my NBA uh, or anything like that, you know you cannot you cannot trade consecutive first round picks. Um, it was designed uh, GM I think in the early 2000s like trades like five consecutive first round picks for a trade that doesn't work out. And so the team doesn't have a first-round pick for five years. And there's no way to recruit that asset, those assets. So the stipend rule was put in place. Uh, and then I think he ended up either getting fired or it was weird. Like he basically made this trade. The trade doesn't work. And then he's no longer in a job. And so the guy who takes over the next thing gets fired because he has no first-round picks, no assets, no money. It was a disaster. So they put in the stipend rule to basically prevent that. So you can trade four first-round picks. You can trade up to five at a time. Um... But they have to be every other year, um, and they can only be so far in the future. Um, and so, as I think it's four at a time. But you're going to trade them every other year. Um, so, like, for instance, the Phoenix Suns, let's say that it doesn't work for some reason in Phoenix. And the 2023 pick ends up being really, really good, which is unlikely. So, let's move on to the 2025 pick, for instance. Ends up being really, really good because Chris Paul retires and Kevin Durant decides, oh, Phoenix isn't it, and bounces. And it's just Devin Booker on DeAndre Ayton. And so the 2025 pick ended up being really good. Phoenix, it's a lottery pick. Um, Brooklyn gets a good player. Phoenix would then have the right to have their 2026 pick back because they, they didn't trade it. Now, I think their pick swap was in 2028, so it would be the right to go to Brooklyn if whatever the protections is on the pick. Um, 
but it's to prevent a massive situation from happening. But enough of the minutia of the CBA and why the stipend rule exists. We're going to move on to Kevin Durant and Phoenix. Um, obviously, again, this is the biggest boom in the NBA trade deadline. Um, I've listened to several different podcasts, guys with more I was there knowledge than myself. Um, as you guys know, I'm young, um, 25, 26 in May. Um, so I wasn't there for a lot of these massive trades, but I know the NBA history. I don't know a history where a player of Kevin Durant's level is traded midseason. And everybody I listen to, they don't know it either. Um, and you can tell from the compensation. Uh, two, I think it's a, I think another player was in this trade, actually. Um, but two to three starters, leveling players, and four picks on a pick swap. I mean, that shows you the level of boom that this Kevin Durant trade was done. Um, so we're going to look at them two perspective. First perspective we're going to look at, too, from the Brooklyn Nets. Or we're going to look at it from the Phoenix Sun perspective because we're going to look at it from the Nets perspective because it bleeds into the next trade that was going to be the original boom before the Kevin Durant trade um, drops. So if you're looking at it from the Phoenix Suns perspective, what more do you want to win a championship? Because they made other moves, ancillary moves. They get TJ Warren back in the deal. Uh, they end up getting um, Will Barton, I believe, on the buyout market. So that uh, fills up your bench. Because when the trade first happened, I spoke to several people. I was like, hey, um, I don't know how the Suns win. They have no bench. And no one on the team plays defense. The first, the second one's still true. No one on the team. I mean, Kevin Durant's your rim protector. That ain't great. Chris Paul is a cone, according to Patrick Beverly. Um, DeAndre Ayton is not the world's best defender. I mean, I guess TJ Warren can defend. Like, I mean, I, I, I just will Barton is scrappy. Like, I just, I don't see the defenders um, because you lost to Mikael Bridges. Now, Kevin Durant's a plus defender. He can also rim protect. Um, but I just don't see, you know, the defensive players coming back. And we're going to actually speak about that in a little bit when it comes to the Brooklyn perspective and the Kyrie trade. Um, but if you look at it, what more do you want? Devin Booker. Hey, what more do you want? You got a max player in Kevin Durant. You got a max player in DeAndre Ayton. You got a near max guy in Chris Paul. And you have a max or near max. I think you have a max super max guy in Devin Booker. You got four max contracts running around the Phoenix Sun right now. Matt Ishbia, who in about a span of 24 hours, transfers $2.27 billion to Robert Sarver and his associates to buy out the Phoenix Suns, along with the Phoenix Mercury. Um... And at the same time, and the same day, goes into the luxury tax, another 40 or $50 million to acquire Kevin Durant. Uh, he's going for the title early. He wants to he wants to hoist a Larry O'Brien trophy quickly. Um, he's not just one of those owners that buy a team and they're okay with just, okay, I have an NBA team. I'm going to make $300, $400 million a year. Um, you know, I'm, I have a team. I'm good. You know, I'll make my investment back in a decade or so. Um, Tessie and Phoenix, I'm going to make my $2.27 billion back in a decade or so. Um, he's in his early 40s, I believe. So by the time he's 55, he'll have his investment back, um, if not more. And so, you know, that's some some him oldest mindset. Matt Ishbia doesn't seem a guy like that. He's actually, on um, side note for Ishbia, a rival of Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cavaliers. Because Dan Gilbert's money-making interest before basketball was Rocket Mortgage, which is a mortgage lending company. Matt Ishbia is also in the mortgage lending space. 
So um, when Ishbia was being voted in, he received all twenty nine, all twenty eight votes. Why wasn't it twenty nine for twenty nine? Because Dan Gilbert recused himself because of the com- competition him and Ishbia already in. So now they're going to compete on the basketball court and the mortgage lending space. Very interesting operation. Anyway, back to the trade. So Ishbia approves this deal. Um, and now Brian Windhorst of ESPN is reporting that if the Kevin Durant deal falls apart, Ishbia makes a move on John Collins in Atlanta. So who knows what assets are ends up in Atlanta um, for John Collins, how that team can be turned around, if Nate McMillan still has a job. Um, who knows? Or if Mikael Bridges may still be in Phoenix, because I think you can get a John Collins deal done without Mikael Bridges. Um, and so Mikael Bridges may still be in Phoenix. Maybe Cam Johnson, the Jay Crowder leverage, maybe two or three firsts and a pick swap gets John Collins in the Phoenix. Um, in which case, you still have four near match contracts, but you'd also have Mikael Bridges. So your starting lineup could have been Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, John Collins, DeAndre Ayton. That's a hell of a starting lineup. You still may end up doing the buyout, guys. Like it's a, it's a whole different situation. But right now, I don't know who's gonna be the fifth starter. Um, but it may end up being TJ Warren. But it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. There's no excuse barring injury. This team should not win a championship, and I believe they don't. Here's why: DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams fight like cats and dogs. If we, if a tight playoff game happens and DeAndre Ayton bucks at Monty Williams, who knows how that can affect the rest of the team? Chris Paul body has never allowed him to uh, win an NBA championship. He had his opportunity in Houston. Uh, they were up 3-2 on the Warriors. Pulls his hammy in game six. I mean, you know, they end up being up 3-2 anyway, but he can't play game seven. Um, last year, the year before that, he's running around doing well. He gets injured again. His body just doesn't allow him to win an NBA championship. Kevin Durant has only shown to win an NBA championship with Steph Curry as his uh, running mate. He's failed with J. Russell Westbrook. He's failed with James Harden. He's failed with Kyrie Irving. Um, he has proven to only be able to win so far in his career with Steph Curry next to him. What championship medal has Monty Williams played outside being an assistant? Um, I think they lose in the second round. And I, and I tweeted on my personal page that I put on Justin Time Sports. I, I believe they lose in the second round. Um, now, I could be proven wrong. I could be as wrong. I, I just could be flat out incorrect. But I don't think so. I think they lose in the second round. Um, I think they have a lot of... They're going to they're score with anybody every night. I think injury is going to concern. Devin Booker is not well publicized. He has an injury history. Kevin Durant, ever since the Achilles, understandably, had an injury history. DeAndre Ayton has a crack under pressure problem. Chris Paul has an injury history. Um, so I think injuries may end up derailing this team. Healthy... They don't play enough defense for me. Um, in the playoffs, the play game slows down. Um, it's a lot more physical. I just don't think they have the defensive prowess for me on a team. I think in my head they're gonna win a championship. Um, I just don't. I just don't see it uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Like I said, I'm thinking second round exit and out. Um, if he was like right now, who's gonna win the title out of the West? I don't even know. It's it's a weird. The West is a madhouse. I could see Booker and KD scoring 65, 70 points a night and carrying them all the way to the finals. Um, I can see the next duel we're going to talk about, 65, 70 points a night and carrying them to the finals. I can see Jokic and Murray um, and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon 
you know, getting the Nuggets to the finals. I can see LeBron and AD, we're going to talk about the new look Lakers, getting them to the finals. Like, there's so many opportunities for so many different teams here out of the West. Katie and Book and Chris Paul and Aiden may just get the Suns to the finals. I mean, that's how open the Western Conference is. It's definitely going to be something to watch for. But KD, the Slim Reaper, has landed uh, Easy Money Sniper, KD, Trey Five, whatever you want to call him, um, has landed in the desert. He's officially KD, Trey Five again. He's going back to the number he wore um, with Oklahoma City and with Texas. He's going back to 35. Why was Kevin Durant moved? Because his running mate, the guy who brought him into New York, the guy who brought him into Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving, requested a trade. Um, it was funny. I was actually um, missed the initial reporting, missed everything on the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, but Kyrie requests a trade to anywhere because he states, I'm out. Either I'm leaving by the deadline or I'm leaving by free agency in, in June. Your choice. Basically, you can get something for me now. Or you can get something for me. Um, you can get something for me now, or you can get nothing for me when I walk in June. It was widely reported that he was interested in the Lakers, um, and Joe Sy, uh, owner of the Brooklyn Nets, put an embargo on that. Basically, do it, do do the best deal you can do for him right now, except to the Lakers. Now, um, Joe Sy refused it, and they actually ended up going to the Dallas Mavericks for what? Ultimately, not that bad of a deal considering what Brooklyn ultimately wanted to do. And as we got the Brooklyn perspective after we touch on Dallas, um, they end up getting Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first, multiple second-round picks. I think it was three or four second-round picks um, for Kyrie Irving. Um, now, from the Dallas perspective, you take a couple of risks. One, that's been Luka Doncic's team unquestioned since he arrived in the NBA. Now you drop in Kyrie Irving, who doesn't believe in being a second fiddle to anybody. Um, he bucked at LeBron James in Cleveland. He bucked at the Boston Celtics, a team, whole team culture in Boston. And ultimately, it appears he may have bucked at the Kevin Durant leadership. Even though he was the leader in Brooklyn, ultimately, he bucked at not getting his contractual money. So who knows how Kyrie Irving plays potential second fiddle to Luka Doncic? Because Luka's never done it probably since he was 15, 16 years old playing for Real Madrid in Europe. He doesn't know how to play second fiddle. And so it'll be very interesting coming down the stretch. What does Jason Kidd do? Um, what does Kyrie and Luka do for each other late coming down the stretch? They're going to have all the offense in the world. Again, they're worse than Phoenix on defense. Like Dallas is already bad on defense. And you traded probably your two best defenders to the Brooklyn Nets to get a horrible defender, to get a minus defender in Kyrie Irving. I don't know how you guard anybody. Uh, me and whoever's listening to this podcast can get 15 or 20 points on Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Like, I just don't I don't see how they can guard anybody at the NBA level. I mean, okay, they play a healthy Warriors team. Which one of them is guarding Steph? You play the Lakers now. With their young mix. And again, we're going to talk about them in the next uh, situation. You get the Lakers now in that young mix. Who are they guarding? You get the Clippers. We're going to talk about them also in that next trade. Because uh, that trade's expanded a little bit. Who are they guarding? Um, you, you guard Memphis. You go to Memphis. Who's guarding Ja? You play Denver. Who's guarding Murray? Like, 
you have this defensive liability of a backcourt. Now, you can turn around and say, who's guarding them? Sure. But is Kyrie Irving's offense going to be enough to make up for his failings in defense and the two players' points that you gave up? Um, so, I don't know. And then you add in the Dallas factor of Kyrie Irving is under no contractual obligation to the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, not that contractual obligation has ever stopped Kyrie Irving before, but he's a, he's a, he's under no contractual obligations to the Dallas Mavericks. He didn't even have to ask out. He could just leave. Like, it's just, he didn't even have to do the fun little game of I'm demand a trade and I, you got to train by this date. I'll walk freely. He can just walk out the door to Dallas. Um, LeBron James picked him first in the all-star draft. He's made it a first in mean, his first available opportunity curve. He drafted Kyrie Irving. He's made it abundantly clear as legally as he can. His target as his next teammate is Kyrie Irving. Um, And Kyrie made it pretty clear to all who was listening um, and paying attention that he was going, that he wanted to be in LA. Um, He was asked about it either during his introductory press conference or his early one, his early press conferences about the reportedly botched trade or probably reportedly Knicks trade um, to the Lakers. And he responded with something along the lines of, I won't sit here and discuss what could or should have happened. I'm sorry, what could or should have happened? Dude, you just got traded to playing with one of the best players in the world, arguably a top five player in the world, and you're discussing what could or should have happened. That tells you what his mindset is in regards to that trade. He was looking to be a Los Angeles Laker. He could do that in June. The Lakers, thanks to their flurry of moves, have the ability to get Kyrie Irving in June, which bleeds us right into why is there a point guard need with the Los Angeles Lakers? Because they did a flurry of moves, including a big move. They moved out Thomas Bryant and a couple other ancillary pieces, but they did their big move. Um, They moved Russell Westbrook. So the full three-team deal that was done had the Los Angeles Lakers receiving D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared, Vander, Jared Vanderbilt. The Utah Jazz received Russell Westbrook, who they pretty much immediately bought out, and a top four protected first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick from the Lakers. And the Minnesota Timberwolves received Mike Conley um, and second-round pick draft compensation. Now, why are we discussing this trade? Because the Lakers got younger. They end up with starting three guys that won in their roster before the trade deadline in their first game with the full roster after the trade deadline. LeBron James is officially the first, he's the only player on the Lakers roster over the age of 30, which is absolutely massive. Um, because now, there's, two years ago, they complained about this old, curmudgeon, can't get up and down the floor team LeBron's playing with who also couldn't shoot. This team, while not the best shooting team on the planet, can shoot. Um, you got rid of Patrick Beverly, who's above 30. Times Brown, I wish you would have kept, but you, but you got Mo Bamba from the Patrick Beverly trade. You end up with Rui Hachimura. You end up with D'Angelo Russell. You end up with Malik Beasley. You end up with Jerry Vanderbilt. So you changed out, if you do a 12-man roster, 40% of your roster in the span of a few weeks, um, and they're all young. They all can move. Shooting is better at all aspects. Um, so LeBron James had the team. He can look to make a champ, a, a playoff contender at the minimum. Utah kept piling those assets up. They now have 15 first-round picks between now and 2029. They're piling those assets up. Uh, Minnesota receives a veteran point guard in Mike Conley, who's on the contract for another year, and uh, second-round pick draft compensation. 
But why did I speak about the trade being expanded? Because the trade gets expanded because Russ Westbrook, like I said, gets immediately bought out by the Utah Jazz. Um, they basically don't don't get on the plane. Um, and as a matter of fact, stay where you are because Russell Westbrook joins the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, several the Clippers were asked multiple times by several media members how would they feel about adding Russell Westbrook. They were all pretty clear. They would like to add him. So the nine-time All-Star and the former MVP, uh, triple-double king of the NBA, um, now joins the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something that may or may not be popular. I'm going to say something that ultimately may make me look like a fool. The addition of Russell Westbrook will be the death nail in the Los Angeles Clippers title hopes. It's over. The Los Angeles Clippers will not, cannot, and shall not win an NBA title as long as Russell Westbrook is on the roster. The most snake-bitten franchise in the history of the NBA, the Clippers have not won a title yet. They've not been to a Western Conference Finals yet. They have signed a nine-time All-Star, former MVP, triple-double king reason, while they won't do it this year. He leads the league by far in turnovers for 36 minutes. His shot selection and shooting ability has gotten so bad that the Crypto.com Arena crowd, the real one, the Laker one, used to yell audibly, no, when he thought about shooting the ball. Guess what? He shot it a lot anyway. Some of his mistakes and turnovers... You would bench an 8th grader for. Russell Westbrook's won an MVP and a 9-time All-Star. He is never going to change. He is who he is. People are running and saying, Oh, but wait, but wait, but wait. He played with Paul George, and Paul George almost had an MVP-level season in his, one of his best statistical years. Kudos. That was a different Russell Westbrook. That was a different Paul George. Neither one of those people currently are Kawhi Leonard. They weren't playing for Ty Lue. They weren't playing in Oklahoma City with the best restaurant towns in Applebee's. They were doing none of those things. They were playing, now they're playing in Los Angeles, across the hall from the Lakers, who have their young core along with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're not playing for Ty Lue. They're playing for the Ridges on in the NBA. They're playing for a team who in just a few short uh, months, maybe a couple of years, are going to have their own facility in Inglewood. They're playing for LA's other team, along with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who only came together to win NBA championships. Russell Westbrook got into a disagreement with Darvin Ham, got chest to chest with him in his last game as a Laker because he wouldn't come out when they were trying to sub in LeBron in the game to break the all-time NBA scoring record. When is Russell Westbrook going to play? You're taking Paul George's minutes? PG hadn't played that great, but you're going to take PG's minutes? Nope. He just traded for Bones Highland, who just got out of Denver because of his role in minutes. You're going to take Bone Highland's expecting minutes? How about Terrence Mann, who you gave a contract to last season, who shot Utah out of the playoffs and Rudy Gobert eventually out of Utah? No? Didn't you just get Eric Gordon back? You're going to bench him? He can shoot. It'll probably be really good around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. He can space the floor and knock down some shots. When is Russell Westbrook going to play? There was two players already in the backcourt that weren't getting that much minutes that reporting is starting to leak out and weren't that happy. 
They're going to be happy about Russell Westbrook taking a couple of minutes they were already getting. When is Russell Westbrook going to play? If you tell me right now he plays five minutes a game, why sign him? If you tell me he plays 10 minutes a game, why sign him? If you tell me he plays 15 minutes a game, why sign him? Now, if you tell me he plays 20 to 25 minutes a game, I get the signing. I totally get the signing in terms of what he can bring for you for those minutes. But you can't win a championship that way. This is a very interesting decision by Lawrence Frank, Ty Lue, Steve Ballman, and the rest of that crew. Obviously, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard approved it. I don't get it. Everyone wants to play with Russ until you got to play with Russ. I remember LeBron James passing up a DeMar DeRozan to go meet with Russ and tell him to come to the Lakers. Nick Batum, not Nick Batum, um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and the crew were very open about wanting Russell Westbrook on the team and being open to that idea. Everyone wants it until they get it. This is the definition, Clippers, of be careful what you wish for. You're going to end up getting something you were not prepared for. Now, for them, they're in a situation where Russell cost them a million dollars and some change. He doesn't work, wave him. I mean, it's pretty simple. He doesn't work, get him out of the locker room. But I don't know about this one, Laker, uh, Clippers. I don't know about this one. I didn't like it when LeBron vouched for it for the Lakers. I don't love it at all right now. Um, speaking of LeBron James, he became the all-time NBA's leading scorer, uh, adding that into his feather of caps. I won't dive off too much of the GOAT debate regarding that, but to me, it removes Kareem, um, interestingly enough, because that was Kareem. Kareem had two big feathers, three big feathers. I have the unstoppable shot, I have the scoring record, I have the six finals MVPs. Um, to me, it definitively makes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar second or third. He can no longer be the GOAT because he no longer has that scoring title. To me, it puts LeBron James at one or two. LeBron James is my one. Actually, Kareem is my two. Michael Jordan is my three. Um, if I'll, I'll explain that in a later episode. Um, but that is how I have the GOAT debate. And then LeBron James is the greatest scorer of all time. To me, if you have the most points, you have the most anything, you are the greatest at it. Ironically, um, ironically, longevity didn't become a problem until LeBron James started doing things for a long time. Um, so I'll let you Jordan fanatics figure that one out. But that's kind of how that went down. Um, some all-star, oh, some minor trade news. Um, Josh Hart was moved to the New York Knicks for Cam Reddish and a protected first-round pick. Good for Josh Hart. He gets to go with Jalen Brunson, his old college teammate. Good for Cam Reddish. He got away from Tom Thibodeau, who did, was not playing him. He gets to go to Portland, where at least he may have the opportunity to earn some real minutes. And Portland gets to protect the first-round pick. Um... James Wiseman errors over in, in Golden State. They move on from him, uh, trading him to the Detroit Pistons in a trade that nets them back uh, Gary Payton II, who comes with his own baggage, apparently, um, because of a growing injury, a core injury that was not revealed at the time, and, and it was a whole bunch of drama. But Gary Payton ultimately lands back with the Golden State Warriors. Um, just a few uh, all-star injuries. Zion Williamson will be reevaluated after the team returns from all-star break with his hamstring injury. Uh, David Griffin said it could be weeks before Williamson returns. Um, the big three of Williamson, Ingram, and CJ McCollum, I believe, have played 57 minutes together all season. One of them has been out for some reason or another. Ingram was out for a majority of it. Then right around the time when Ingram is about to come back, Zion pulls his hamstring after averaging something like 29-7-5 while Ingram was out, uh, playing at an MVP level. Um, and so he'll be reevaluated. Hopefully he returns in weeks, not months. Um, but there, it is on the board. He does not play this season per Brian Windhorst. Kevin Durant 
uh, should debut soon for the Phoenix Suns. I believe they're targeting the team's Friday return as his Phoenix Suns debut. Um, and Steph Curry is progressing well in his injury recovery. Um, he will be reevaluated in one week from a left lower leg injury that he suffered on February 4th. Um, Nate McMillan was let go as the Atlanta Hawks head coach, um, which was pretty sad, honestly. Um, he got into it with Trey Young early in the season to the point where Trey Young just didn't show up for a game. I don't know how that was allowed to be let to, I don't know how that was allowed to fly. Uh, Trey Young just didn't appear for a game. Um, and Nate McMillan ultimately has been let go. Um, the team is currently 29 and 30. Uh, the Trey Young DeJounte Murray experiment is not going as hoped. The GM who had already orchestrated that move has already resigned, and now Nate McMillan has been let go. I'm pretty sure he'll have offers. Um, but the Atlanta job is apparently a spicy one. You got Kenny Atkinson linked to it already. Uh, Ime Odoka, who was fired um, from the Boston Celtics for an inappropriate relationship with a female staff member. Um, he has been linked to the job as well. Um, and so the, the Atlanta job would be an interesting one because you do have DeJounte Murray. You do have Clint Capella. You do have John Collins. You are in the East. You do have Trey Young. Um, so that would be a very interesting job. You may even be allowed to pick your own general manager, which would be huge. Um, but that is the NBA recap pretty much of the past three or four months as far as moves, major moves, really the past month uh, as far as going down in the NBA. Um, but we will now transition over to the NFL and talk about the Super Bowl and what to look for kind of in the offseason, what's going down in the NFL. Welcome back into the show. I know that was a pretty long-winded NBA segment, but it was a lot happening. It's the NBA season. My apologies. Plus, I missed you guys. I like talking to you. Uh, But we're going to move into the NFL, recap what happened. Uh, We're not going to go all the way back to before Halloween. We're not. We're going to just pretty much wrap it up with the end and tell you what's going down now. Um, So the Super Bowl, man, hell of a Super Bowl. Um, that was arguably one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Um, 28-3 comeback, that's up there. Uh, Seattle Patriots, that's up there. Uh, the pick at the goal line. Um, Indy Colts, I mean Indy Saints, uh, that's another good one. So Peyton's in two of these, Brady's in two of these. Um, the one last night, that was a great one. Um, not last night, last, early a couple weeks ago, uh, that was a great one. Uh, but the Eagles uh, Chiefs are right up there. Um, if you would have told me the Eagles scored 31 points, uh, they scored 31 points, i tell you the Eagles win the game. Um, because I just didn't see the Chiefs getting a 30. So I said, if you told me the Eagles get 31, i tell you the Eagles win the game. Um, conversely, though, you tell me the Chiefs scored 34, i tell you the Chiefs win the game. Um, so it was an all-time game uh, from start to finish. You're looking at one of the best halftime performances ever. Rihanna and her pregnant, uh, her pregnant, and her uh, child in utero um, are performing at the halftime. That was a great halftime show. Um, and then you get to the you have the game itself. Um, 
Like I said, you had two quarterbacks on full display. You had Jalen Hurts at the peak of his powers, doing what he does best, uh, using his legs to create plays, um, throwing down the field beautiful passes with his arm. Um, definitely, to me, secured a $250 million bag in the offseason. I can see him going for $50, $55 million at average annual value in his next contract. You know, put on an absolute show. Now, they may see what he does as offensive coordinator, um, but we're going to definitely check out Jalen Hurts next year. He put on a show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Eric Bieniemy, uh put on a show in that second half in terms of how they schemed guys open. Um, they ran a kind of a fake um, drag whip route to one side and got wide open touchdown. Come down the next drive after a short field. I can't remember. Oh, the big punt, burn, big punt return by um, Kadarius Tony. They come down, they get down right to the goal line, and they run the exact same play on the exact same corner to the other side, and Sky Moore walks into the end zone. So Kadarius Tony caught it the first time, then Sky Moore gets it the second time. Like I said, the exact same play where they kind of motion in from the outside receiver. They're about to run that sprint across the field real, real fast right in front of Mahomes for easy pitch, and they turn it into a, uh, a route where it goes right back out. Uh, so he fakes it and runs right back out. He's wide open. The cornerback, because he's slower and knows he's slower, is trying to overrun the drag route. And because he's so far inside leverage when they turn around and do the other route, he's nervous already out there. He's leveraged six, seven, eight yards away. By the time he re- I mean, it's embarrassingly wide open. And they did it twice. Since actually they stole it from the Jaguars, the Jaguars did a similar concept on the Eagles in their game when they played, and the receiver was wide open. And so the Chiefs incorporates a little bit different look, same concept, though, and they get two touchdowns off in the Super Bowl. Um, and actually undercut. A hell of a performance by Jalen Hurts. And you guys know me. I actually went to the Super Bowl, um, and I called it um, to some of my friends in a bad haters position. Um, it actually was a bad – I was in a bad take spot. Because either Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl, and my Jalen Hurts isn't good take dies um, right then and there. Or I have to hear about how Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever. Um, so I got the worst of both worlds. Um, Mahomes ended up winning the Super Bowl on effectively one and a half legs. Um, so I started hearing about, is he already the GOAT? Where is he ranked? Is he top five already? Which, you kind of start making the argument, he's top five already. Brady's the undisputed GOAT, in my opinion. You have every single statistical category as your number one, and you have more championships than literally every other franchise that exists. Um, so Brady has seven. The nearest person, The nearest franchise to him has six. The team he played on, the Patriots. Um, and the Steelers also have six, but he has six, he has seven rings. No franchise has seven rings. Um, so he's the undisputed goat. Then you get to the Joe Montana's four rings. He has a lot of, he had a lot of records as well upon his retirement. Peyton Manning has got the two chips, but he had a lot of statistical records for his retirement. Then you start getting, where are you at four? Peyton Manning has the MVP. Peyton Manning has like five MVPs. That's Peyton Manning's, uh, goat argument. Montana is four for four. He had the yards and he retired. It's the category he retired. Um, pretty much was the the gunslinger behind the West Coast offense. Who's next? After 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 those three, who's next? I think it's Mahomes at four. Um, he doesn't have the counting numbers yet, but he's got. He started five years. He's been to the Asian title game all five years. He's hosted that AFC title game all five years. He's been to the Super Bowl three times. He's gotten two rings. 
He has two MVPs. He went to the Pro Bowl and been named All-Pro five times already. There's no start that can compare to his. And I think he's already the number four overall quarterback of all time. Now, the thing is, he's going to be stuck at four for a minute. Or at least in my opinion. Now, if he turns around and wins again next year, he's two. Or he's two two or three, depending on how you feel about Joe Montana. He passed Peyton Manning. He's two or three, depending on how you feel about Joe Montana. And then he's stuck. Because, again, Brady has seven in every statistical category ever. It's not even the NBA argument where, okay, LeBron's going to have the counting numbers, Kareem's going to have the MVPs, and Jordan's going to have the, uh, the, the, the eye test, basically. You know, like, you know, Jordan's going to have the singles. The, Jordan's going to have the peak. Kareem's going to have the uh, MVPs, and LeBron's going to have the counting. You know, they all have their own different arguments. What argument you want? You, you, you want winning? That's Brady. You want numbers? That's Brady. You want peak? That's Brady. What, I mean, what, I mean what, what do you want? So it's going to be interesting for Patrick Mahomes to catch that. Um, in that discussion, but he again, he wins Super Bowl again. Hey, no, to pass off to him, he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, five All Pros, five Pro Bowls, uh, three AFC chips. I mean, it's it's insane. The most yards in a single season, five thousand fifty-five, I think, um, was his yards and touchdowns. It's it's ridiculous. And he flip on the other side. Jalen Hurts had a hell of a game. I mean, he had a hell of a game. As far as my Jalen Hurts isn't good thing, it died right there. Now, if he reverts and goes back next year after losing his offense coordinator to the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, or his OC and I'm going to the Colts. He loses both his coordinators. He'll Gannon is in the Cardinals. His OC is with uh, Steichen. Shane Steichen is with the Indian, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, and so he lost both of, he lost his offensive coordinator. So it'll be very interesting to see how he develops and how he continues to progress Without his OC, now he does have his head coach in Syriana, who's an offensive guy. But it'd be interesting to see how um, what he does without his OC. But as far as right now, I don't have a negative word to say about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, you have shut me up. I don't have a negative word to say about him. He balled out. He made one mistake, and that was the fumble six. They ended up resulting in the Nick Bolton play because that that drive was fourteen to seven. I want to say, um, or ten to seven. But but the Eagles had opportunity to go up two possessions and put their foot on the throat of the Kansas City Chiefs um, as much as you can with Mahomes reading the enemy. And Hurts fumbles it, tie game. And it's like it, it, it reset the game. It, it goes from this 21-7 opportunity because the Chiefs had not stopped the Eagles up until that point. 21-7 opportunity to now it's 14-14, and Mahomes didn't touch the field, and they scored. Um, in hindsight, that was the game. Anytime Mahomes gets a score, not from him, they win the game. The Chiefs end up winning by three. That touchdown was seven. And it really was a 14-point swing. If you go 21-7 there, who knows what happens. Uh, a Chiefs three and out. The building's rocking now because the Eagles fans were in there. Who knows? The Eagles may end up running away and hiding with that thing. Um, instead, like I said, it was a new ball game. And then the tie turned in the second half. So, absolutely tremendous job by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um... Out of the four coordinators in that game, three of them have new jobs. Two of them became head coaches, and it was not the ones that won. Um, Shane, as previously discussed, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, has is now the Indianapolis Colts uh, head coach. He has hired Jim Bob Cooter, who was interviewed in Tampa Bay as well, as his offensive coordinator in Indianapolis, along with several other staff moves. The defensive coordinator for the Eagles, who got absolutely torched in the second half by Airbnb and Andy Reid, um, 
Jonathan Gannon is now the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. He has taken several Eagle staffers with him um, to fill out his staff, along with making other hires to fill out his staff in Arizona as he looks to take over uh, what Cliff Kingsbury was ultimately relieved of his duties from, which was the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals team. Um, And so that is what he looks to take over in Arizona under a new general manager as well. Um, Sean Payton, since we last talked, became the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, he's filling out his staff as well. He's interviewing several guys for his defensive coordinator position, including the finalists at the present time being Rex Ryan, uh, Vance Joseph, and the surprise today actually being Matt Patricia is involved in his head coach search. So that was quite interesting. Um, hell, since we last talked, Tom Brady retired. Um, since we last talked, um, officially, officially, um, he retired on February 1st. Um, and the reason I know that I top my head is because he re- in 2022, he retired on February 1st um, before ultimately coming back after six weeks. Uh, but this one's done. He recorded an emotional. He recorded it. It wasn't Instagram Live. It wasn't some live feed. He recorded a rather emotional video on a beach um, saying he's hanging them up for good. He's reaffirmed that multiple times in podcast interviews on his own show, uh, Let's Go with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. And also he appeared on Colin Cowherd's uh, show, um, to reaffirm he's not coming back. He's moved on. Um, he wanted to play till he was 45. He retires at age 45. And like I said, he retires with the most passing yards uh, for a career, the most passing touchdowns, the most completions, the most attempts, um, the most rings, the most eight conference title t- appearances, the most Pro Bowls. I believe he has the most All-Pros. Um, if you if you want a record for an individual player, if you want to buy a quarterback, Brady has it. Um, he retires under three to be the greatest quarterback ever. To me, he retires as the greatest football player ever. Um, and so, absolutely tremendous work by you, uh, Tom Brady. Um, also, lesser retirements, A.J. Green retired. Um, he had a hell of a career. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he never had that peak, but he had a longevity. If he was a basketball player, he'd probably be in. He had that longevity. He just never had that peak where at any point you ever considered A.J. Green the best receiver of football. I just, he just never did. He was never really an all-pro guy, multi-time pro bowler, um, but he retired. Hell of a career, A.J. Green. Uh, salute to you. J.J. Watt finalized his Hall of Fame career um, this season, though. J.J. Watt retired um, his peak. He was the best defensive player in the league, and it wasn't close. Um, at one point, he was Houston's best football player offensively and defensively, um, but he was the best defensive player in the league in his peak at Houston. It wasn't close. I think he won three consecutive Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, he was scoring two or three touchdowns a year on offense. Um, like I said, it, his peak is insane. Plus, you add in the longevity. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so is Tom Brady. It's going to be one hell of a Hall of Fame class um, to watch. Um, and then continue on the coaching carousel. Um, Brian Flores is now the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. Um, he still has a pending lawsuit against the league for racial discrimination as far as their head coach hiring practices, as far as I am aware. Um, but that does not that did not affect him as far as getting a defensive coordinator spot. Um, he was, he accepts the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator spot. Uh, Joe Woods um, was let go by the Cleveland Browns. He lands as the defensive coordinator pretty much in title only with the uh, New Orleans Saints. He links back up with Dennis Allen, who he worked with previously at other stops. Uh, Dennis Allen will run the defense. It will be Dylan Allen's scheme. 
uh, but Joe Woods would be has the title of defensive coordinator. If this was high school ball, Joe Woods wouldn't exist. He would just be the head coach and the defensive coordinator. Um, but he is the, he is the DC in name only. Uh, Steve Wilkes um, replaces oh Frank Wright. I'm sorry, he's the head coach now of the Carolina Panthers. Um, and the defensive coordinator um, for the 49ers, whose name is escaping me right now, accepted the head coaching job. Oh, I feel so bad right now. Um, I'm looking. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans is now the head coach with the Houston Texans. And because of that, Steve Wilkes, who was the interim head coach, did a damn good job, in my opinion, should still be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He's now the defensive coordinator uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. He has a lot of talent to work with. That was the number one, number two defense in the league um, under D'Amico Ryans. Now Steve Wilkes, who's a hell of a D.C. and appeared to be a hell of a head coach or was beginning to be one in Carolina, is now uh, the D.C. for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Vic Vangio has returned as the highest-paid coordinator in football. Uh, he is the now the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator. Like I said, he is the highest-paid coordinator in football. Um, he worked with the Eagles for a couple of weeks during the Super Bowl prep, but then he joins the Miami Dolphins um, to lead their defense. Um, so the play caller head coach, Mike McDaniel, and the defensive head coach, effectively, is Vic Vangio. Um, other NFL news, Derek Carr um, was released by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. He will have his pick of the litter uh, potentially as far as teams wanting to sign him, including the New Orleans Saints and the New York Jets, uh, namely at this time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was potentially on the move as well. Uh, we're not sure what he's going to do in Green Bay. Green Bay has a decision to make whether they want to go in the Aaron Rodgers business another year or they want to now move on to Jordan Love and see what is happening. Um, Lamar Jackson is not on an NFL roster right now. He's under no contractual obligation to the Baltimore Ravens. He also is um, has not signed his franchise tag tender. It has not uh, truly been offered to him at this time. Um, and so uh, that is something that we're going to keep our eye on. Uh, reportedly, he wants a fully guaranteed contract. Uh, for obvious reasons, including injury history and precedence, the Baltimore Ravens has been hesitant to offer him that. But he has made that clear. That is what he is after. So they seem to be at an impasse at this moment. Um, but that is what we have uh, for the NFL. We're going to jump into our best for last, which is going to be a discussion about the very, and I do mean very interesting, WNBA offseason and what went down there. Welcome back into the show, and welcome to Best for Last. Um, and we're going to be discussing about the NBA offseason, or the WNBA offseason, rather. My apologies, ladies, um, and to all WNBA fans everywhere, myself included. Um, very interesting offseason. Um, so the WNBA, obviously you guys know, is, a, is pretty much a summer league in America. Um, it's the best female basketball league in the world, um, even though it's the shortest as far as it's not as long as the European season, obviously, or uh, the other league season. But it is the best basketball league in the world. Want to know why? Because all the best players come here for the most part. 
um, and or Indian Americans in the Olympics, go beat them down. And then foreign clubs who have multiple American players usually win their leagues. So it's the best league in the world. Um, and in the best league in the world, the finals is decided. Barring health, the WNBA finals is decided because they don't have conference playoffs. So, I mean, it wouldn't matter for these teams anyway, but they don't have conference playoffs. The conference is the, the, the finals teams are decided. Um, it's going to be the Las Vegas Aces who won last year's title against the New York Liberty. Why? Both teams went loaded up. The Aces pretty much kept their core together and added Candace Parker. Uh, so now their starting lineup, legitimately, is going to be Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Candace Parker, and Asia Wilson. They also have several key players on the bench as well. Um, they loaded up. Cannot wait to watch the Aces play. They were already one of the more exciting teams to watch. And you add in my favorite player ever, uh, Candace Parker. The New York Liberty said, don't worry, hold my beer. We got this. Or hold my New York pizza, hold my hockey stick. And I got a lot of things in New York. Um, hold my Rochester Tower, whatever. Um, or Rockefeller Tower, rather, whatever. Um, so the New York Liberty answer, you gotta have Sabrina Ionescu. You add John Quill Jones, a former MVP. You add Brianna Stewart, former MVP. Um, basketball in Brooklyn? It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, absolutely. Well, I mean, hey, Brooklyn Nets fans. Yeah, yeah. So you lost Kevin and Kyrie Irving. I think a very interesting young team in Brooklyn. Um, we didn't really discuss them as much as I wanted to, but we have a very interesting. You have a very interesting young team in Brooklyn. You also have a damn good basketball team in the same building, the Liberty. Um, they have their big three, and then they have answer their good good role players around them. Um, Becky Hammond showed up in the WNBA. Yeah, she won everything. Coach of the year. She won the Commissioner's Cup, the WNBA Finals, and then the coach for the New York Liberty is Sandy Brondello, who's a multi-time. Uh, WNBA champion herself, I believe she has a coach of the year, while she was working with the Phoenix Mercury. You've got two of the best three coaches in the league. You have two of the best players in the league in Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart. Sabrina Ionescu's no slouch. John Cord Jones is a baller. Kelsey Plum, Candace Parker, and Chelsea Gray still do what they do at a very, very high level. It's over. Like, there's no discussion about who's going to be in the WNBA Finals, barring health. And I think it's going to go five games, and... Between me and you, I'm going to be at one of the games, either in Vegas or New York. I'll let you guys know. I'll see you there. Like, this is over. There's no discussion. We're not even going to have it. Who's playing for third? Famously, Larry Bird walks into the locker room of the three-point shootout, the first ever one, with his warm-up jacket on that he never takes off, and said, which one of you MFers coming in second? So I asked the WNBA, which one of y'all coming in third? Because first and second decided. So it's who's coming in third. Who's gonna lose to them less badly when the uh, when when they play them in the in the finals in the in the final four? Like it's it's a wrap. You're not gonna outcoach Sandy Brundello or Becky Hammond. They got the best two players. They got probably another. They got six of the top ten. I mean, like they, there's just there's no way anybody else beats them um, in, a, in a five game series. It's not possible. Oh, Courtney Vandersloot. Is also on the New York Liberty. Like, what are you going to do about them? Um, the Las Vegas Aces has some other news. However, they're under investigation for effectively salary cap circumvention. 
Um, the use of private jets, which is illegal in the WNBA. Um, they fly commercial, which is insane. They're a professional sports league in America. What do you mean they fly commercial? Uh, and most of the new owners want the teams to fly, fly, fly private. Um, Joe Sy actually was going to just say F the fine in the playoffs last year, I believe, and just take his fine um, for flying his Liberty private. Like, just screw it. They'll use, our, they'll use the next planes. Like, just whatever. Um, which I don't know why. Now they're talking about having the league sponsor private flights during the playoffs. I don't get it. If the owner's willing to pay for it, like, who cares if it's a competitive advantage? Get a better owner. Um, or pay a fly your team private if you don't like the competitive advantage. Um, there A lot of the old guard, the WNBA ownership, is being pushed out. Um, the new guard is coming in with a lot of money, a lot of capital, a lot of belief in the league, and they want to expand it, expand it, and make it amazing, part of which is flying professional athletes like they're professional athletes in private planes during a regular season. There's no reason why we should have players – playing a game at night, flight getting canceled, red-eyeing across the light. They're pros. Their planes should be waiting there, gassed up, docked, ready to go, get on their plane and fly out. Um, and so I'm hoping that gets rectified sooner rather than later. Um, but Vegas, uh, they have Mark Davis as an owner who owns the Raiders. It's the Raiders for a reason. He doesn't care. He circumvented the cap. Joe Sy was going to say screw it last year. He owns the Nets and the Liberty Like. More owners of these younger, even they're not younger, they're new blood. They see how they do it in their other leagues. A lot of times they own other teams. They're looking like, why don't we do it like that here? We can afford it. Let us do it. Um, and so that's either going to change owner, is going to change leadership at the top of the WNBA, or you're going to start these owners are going to sell out because they can't do what they want to do for their athletes, or they're going to just do it anyway and take the fine. Um, so Vegas is under investigation for that. But on a positive note. Uh, Brittany Griner has re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, as you guys know, she was wrongfully detained in Russia. Um, and so now she is re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, One-year deal. Uh, I think it's 126 k uh, I believe was the number. Uh, because her teammate, Diana Taurasi, took a two-year max, two-year super max um, to re-sign. And so uh, Brittany uh, graciously uh, let left money for the organization to fill out their roster, the last four roster spots with, you know, four legitimate players that can help them based on the money that she left. Um, but it's great to see her back on a basketball court. Uh, she's taking pictures in a uniform again. It's just great to see Brittany Griner. Uh, without her signature dreadlocks, obviously, uh, she cut them uh, not too long before she got released. Uh, she's Like she said, in preparation for the Russian winter, she cut her dreadlocks. Um her famous dreadlocks, she's had them. She's rocking them since long as we knew about her as a high school player. She's had them. So she looks a little different without her famous dreadlocks. Uh, but hopefully she'll still be the same dominant player. But it's great to see her on a basketball court re-signing in the WNBA. Um, so I cannot wait to see her on the court this year. Um, and then Maya Moore officially retired from the WNBA. She was effectively retired four years ago after leaving the game to go help her now husband uh, Jonathan Irons uh, get away from her wrongful conviction of his own um, in American penal system, but she she officially retired um, this past off season. But that is all I have for you guys today. Welcome back to the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I'm excited to have you guys back. Thank you for allowing me to have about an hour of your time uh, listening to my excitement and my voice. Again, stay tuned to the Justin Time Sports Network. It could be expanding soon. Make sure you keep your eyes on that. 
but I am very excited to be back. Hopefully, I will. And I will be hopefully. I will get this thing back in regular rotation. So you guys will be hearing a lot more from me uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, welcome into season four. Welcome into the new Just In Time Sports podcast. And I guess I'm now signing out. So this is your owner and your host of the Just In Time Sports podcast. Again, make sure you follow us on uh, social media at JTime Sports on all social medias. You'll be able to get up-to-date sports content there, along with my personal opinion, a little bit more on Twitter. Um, so make sure you follow that. Like, rate, and subscribe, and share uh, this podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and again, this is your owner and host, Justin Jackson.